Our scripture lesson for today, Palm Sunday, comes from Mark chapter 11, verses 1 through 11. When Jesus and his disciples were approaching Jerusalem at Bethpage and Bethany near the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples and said to them, go into the village ahead of you, and immediately as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone says to you, why are you doing this? Just say this, the Lord needs it and will send it back here immediately. They went away and found a colt tied near a door outside in the street. As they were untying it, some of the bystanders said to them, what are you doing untying the colt? They told them what Jesus had said and they allowed them to take it. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it and he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread leafy branches that they have cut in the fields. Then those who went ahead and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Then he entered Jerusalem and went into the temple. And when he had looked around at everything, as it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, people of God, may the grace and peace of our triune God be yours today and forever. Amen. I've mentioned before, some of you have probably heard of this, some of you might be aware, that I am a gamer. I have been a video gamer for a lot of years now, basically dating all the way back to the late 80s and the introduction of the original Nintendo Entertainment System. And I've had a lot of different types of gaming consoles, gaming systems over the course of the years, uh, right up until now, still today. Now, every single time a new system comes out, something they call the next console generation, I've noticed in the past few times, the past few rotations, they usually have a very limited supply when the original system comes out or at least when the original release date happens. And they do this kind of intentionally, actually to build up hype over it. But normally, this only lasts for a few months. Usually, you'll see the, the release of the game system sometime mid-fall. And by the time you've gotten through the, the Christmas holiday season, then you begin to see the supply ramp up, and it's a whole lot easier to get them. That was true, or that has been true, right up until the most recent release. Now, this actually began back last fall, right about November, with the release of two new systems, the Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5. They both dropped, they both became available originally in November, but because of various things, they're still really hard to get them. A lot of it is actually not just the whole hype situation that we have seen in the past, but actually due to the impact of COVID on various manufacturing that has caused some of the various components that go into them to be hard to obtain. Therefore, the supply remains very, very small. Now, normally, I don't think too much of this, and I usually wait a while before I will get that new system anyway, but admittedly, I and a couple of my friends who are fellow gamers, we've all been wanting the new PlayStation, the PlayStation 5, for a while now. And we all kind of said, well, it's going to be hard to get one, but we'll probably eventually find one. And about two months ago, maybe two and a half months ago, one of the guys managed to get one. He got his hands on it, and he had it. Good for him. We were all excited for him. And the other two of us were like, hey, that's great that you got it. We're happy for you. We'll get ours eventually, but we didn't really 
think that it would happen anytime soon. We knew these delays were going to continue to go on, and it wasn't really too big of a deal. But then a little bit more time went by, and I'd been saving up my money and saving up my money and saving up my money. And then when my PlayStation 5 account was basically full and ready to go, like I had the money sitting there ready to buy it whenever I found one, with that, all of a sudden, my interest began to grow just a little bit. And over the course of the last couple of months, really since that first guy got his, we've sort of been watching a little bit closer. We've been on the hunt. And we've had close call after close call after close call when these different stores or these different suppliers would have a very limited supply go, go available at one point. But almost the instant that they were available, they, they were snatched up because so many people are after them. And I've had so many close calls, times when it looked like I was going to get it, but before I could fin finish up my online order, someone would snatch it out from under me and I, I would lose it. Close call after close call, my hopes would get up and they would be dashed. It got even worse about two weeks ago when the second guy, when he managed to connect and he got his and I had actually two close calls that same day. So I was all kinds more disappointed that he got his and I was happy for him, but I didn't get mine. Over the last two weeks, I've had more close calls and I've had more close calls and more close calls. And then finally, just this past Friday, honestly, this morning, as I am recording this video, I managed to connect and the sheer jubilation when I received the notification that my order was complete and that I was gonna get it, that I, I had finally managed to get it, I almost jumped out of my skin. I was so excited because I had had, had close call after close call and, my, my, and I'd been let down time after time after time. It was almost too good to be true. I almost couldn't believe it that I, I had managed to finally find one. Now, folks, this is a weird thing for me to be talking about, but I think it's closely mirroring our scripture lesson for today. Palm Sunday, the day when we celebrate here in the church the triumphal entry of Jesus coming into Jerusalem, which kicks off Holy Week and everything that's coming with it. Now, folks, we know what to expect. We know that he comes in at the start of the festival, the start of the week here. That's what we're celebrating, and we know what's to come. We know over the course of the next few days, Jesus will be in and out of the city and he will continue encountering people. He'll be into the temple and out of the temple and he'll be teaching there and he'll be having interactions there and it goes on and on. It's a busy, busy week. And we know that on Thursday, what we call Monday Thursday, that he'll celebrate the Last Supper, the time when he actually joins in the Passover festival or the Passover feast with his disciples. And he tells them what's about to happen. He institutes Holy Communion there and he washes the disciples' feet and he tells them, as I have served you, you must serve others. And then they go out into the garden where he has his, his dramatic reaction to what's about to happen. And then he's arrested. He's betrayed and arrested and he's, he's, he's taken into custody. And the next day on Good Friday, as we call it, he has his trial and his torture and his eventual crucifixion, his death on the cross. That all happens and that all leads us to Easter Sunday, one week from today, when, he will, when the tomb is empty and death is overcome and all of this comes to fruition. We know that's coming, but it's not happening yet. And what's interesting about this situation, this moment, as we find it in the scriptures, is I think it mirrors that same jubilant expectation that maybe isn't quite in line. Just like when I'd get my hopes up for that PlayStation 5 and then the rug would be pulled out from under me, I think there's something similar going on here. And it all has to do with expectations. Now, folks, I love this story. 
Jesus' public ministry is pretty much wrapping up, and he and his merry band of followers are on their way towards Jerusalem. Now, we know that they are going there for the Passover festival, but we also know because Jesus has told them time and time and time again, this is what's going to happen. He is well aware, even if nobody else seems to remember or realize what's about to happen. As they are getting near to the city, we hear they're coming into the, the villages of Bethpage and Bethany, which are just a couple of miles away from the city across the Kidron Valley on top of the Mount of Olives. Now, folks, I've been there, and when you're at the top of Mount, the Mount of Olives, you can look across the valley, and you can see the Temple Mount right over there. And you're a ways away from it, and you have to go down through this really deep valley, this super steep on one side, and then down to the bottom, and then back up the other steep side to get into the temple where they're going. But that's what they're approaching. As they're coming in, it seems like Jesus is having a little bit of foreshadowing or a little bit of forethought or like he's thought about this or he knows what to think. And he tells his disciples, hey, I want two of you to go into the village. You're going to find a colt there, the, the colt of a donkey. I want you to untie it and bring it to me. And if anybody gives you any flack over it, just tell them the Lord needs it and that'll be fine. And the two disciples are like, okay, that sounds good. So they go into the village and they find the, the, the donkey's colt tied up to a door frame and they start to untie it. And sure enough, there's a couple of people there who are like, hey, what are you doing? And they say, well, the Lord has need of it and he'll send it back. And they're like, okay. So they take the colt and they bring it back to Jesus. They throw their cloaks on it. Jesus climbs on and together they all go down this road, down the steep valley and then up the other side towards the, towards the city. And the whole time we hear that all the people in the crowd, Jesus' followers, the disciples, and all of the people who are along the road, they're spreading their cloaks out in front of the, the donkey and Jesus as it's coming, and they're, they're t waving their palm branches around, and they're crying out jubilantly, Hosanna, which means Lord, save us. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the one who brings the kingdom of our ancestor David. Hosanna in the highest. There's all of this celebration. There's all of this wonderful thing. But folks, I wonder if their expectations of what was going on matched up what Jesus knew was going to happen, what we anticipate is going to happen, because they did not have the benefit of hindsight, and they did not have the benefit of divine knowledge like Jesus did. We see this if we really pay attention to the details of what are going on. Now, they're spreading their cloaks in the road in front of this individual who is triumphantly coming in, who is is, is reacting to cheers from the crowd. They are celebrating this person who is, who is riding in. And they're saying, Hosanna, Lord, save us. And they're referencing the kingdom of heaven. And they're referencing the kingdom of, of their ancestor David. All of these things. And that speaks to their history. And that speaks to their understanding of what the Messiah is, God's anointed. Now, when we think of Messiah or Christ, we think of Jesus. But the Messiah was the one who was anointed to, by God, the God's chosen one who was chosen to lead the people. And in their minds, they go back to their ancestor David, who was blessed by God, who expanded the initial kingdom of Israel, who united the 12 tribes and really began this wondrous time when Israel was the superpower. And they're waiting for the time when the Messiah would come back and reestablish that. And folks, they had had letdown after letdown after letdown for like seven centuries, ever since the dividing of the, the original kingdom into two different kingdoms and when the Assyrian Empire first came in and invaded. 
time after time after time, empire after empire after empire has come in and ruled over them. And even in moments where it seemed like, well, maybe things are starting to get a little bit better, it still wasn't great. And almost across the board for like seven centuries, they have not been self-governed with pretty much one exception. About a hundred years before Jesus, there was a Jewish revolt known as the Maccabean Revolution, which is a really fun name. But for a very, very brief period, under the, the direction of this guy named Judas Maccabeus, they were self-governed and he had led a revolt that had thrown out their oppressors. And likewise, he was hailed as a hero. He was hailed as a conquering hero who had taken over, but it was very short-lived. And the Romans came in and wiped them all out. And that was the end of that brief period. So we've seen time and time and time again in the history of the people, in the history of the culture, in the history of these people that they've seen, they've gotten their hopes up and then they've been let down. It looked like it was gonna happen and it was too good to be true. And maybe, just maybe, that's what they're expecting is gonna happen as Jesus is coming into the city. Because folks, they're coming in for Passover and what better time for a new leader, for an earthly leader, for this conquering hero to declare themselves than the, the celebration of the festival which points to the time when God removed the people from slavery in Egypt. The very celebration of the event that freed them from oppression. It's a great time for this new conquering hero to come in and declare themselves, right? So maybe as all this fervor is beginning to build along the road down through the valley into Jerusalem, maybe that's what they're all thinking and everybody's getting caught up with it. And here he comes. It's going to be amazing. Blessed is the one who's coming to reestablish the throne. But Jesus is doing something different. He is not coming in to establish this earthly kingdom. He is not coming in to retake the throne and cast out the Romans. That was not his point. And we even see that when we pay attention to the detail. He didn't come in riding some great war stallion. He didn't come in riding some great chariot. He was riding the foal of a donkey. Very, very humble. And even if he meets some of the, the, the expectations in one frame of mind, he is not actually doing what they seem to think he's doing. What they have in mind reveals their misguided expectations. And it reveals their lack of understanding of this kingdom of heaven, this kingdom of God that Jesus is bringing near to us. Now, folks, I already said it once. As we come into Palm Sunday, as we celebrate Jesus' triumphal entry, we know what to anticipate. We have 2,000 years worth of hindsight and church tradition and knowledge of these stories. We know what's coming up in the coming days and we know that it's ultimately gonna be brought to fruition and the promises of God, the establishment of the kingdom of heaven, whatever that means, whatever it is that God is doing through the life and the death and then the resurrection of Jesus, that's just a few more days away. But today on Palm Sunday, we aren't there yet. And I think it's important for us to remember that. We do cling to the promises every single day. Every day of our lives, we cling to the promises that God has made real through Jesus. But we don't want to get ahead of ourselves yet. We need to sit in the tension of knowing that our expectations might be large and what we are anticipating might go beyond what we can comprehend. But we're not quite there yet. And we see this echoed, perhaps, within our narrative. 
I always kind of laugh when I'm reading Mark's gospel. Many of the stories are so much shorter, lacking some of the details, and end somewhat abruptly. We'll even see that next week on Easter Sunday when the Easter story ends so abruptly, but it happens here with the triumphal entry as well. It always makes me chuckle. Jesus comes into the, 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 the villages of Bethpage and Bethany. They spend the time talking about the donkey. The disciples go and get the donkey. They spend the time it takes to, for him to come down, all of the crowds going on, and throughout the course of however long this takes, he finally gets into the, the city, and he gets into the temple, and he takes one look around, and that's good enough, and they go right back out of the city. They walk the same road right back out to Bethany again. And it almost feels like, why even spend the time going in there? It ends so abruptly, like, this is amazing, and it's over. So maybe today, we need to stop right there, remembering that the story has not yet come to fruition. It will in the closing day or in the coming days, and that's marvelous. But today we sit in the tension of the story not being done yet. Amen. Our next song.